You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national covering down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is it is Friday afternoon. I am rolling up my sleeves as I speak. I'm, Ooh, get, I'm getting ready. Uh, yeah, getting, getting ready, ready for dig, the afternoon. Dig on in. Boomer, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah? Oh, yeah. hey, it's Friday. Give oh, me some sound it's effects. Friday. The big ones. Yay! <laughs> I like, I like, how, I like how you're doing the, the, the hand. <laughs> I just had to yeah, yeah. raise it up. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, welcome to Friday. Welcome to the end of your week. It's a crazy end of the week, by the way. Uh, live briefings. Just been watching here as we're going into the show. Breaking news. Uh, it appears they've shot down another balloon over Alaska this time. Uh, they're not calling it a balloon. They're calling it a high-altitude object, but the Pentagon is about to do a separate briefing, at which point we're expected to get more details. So we'll keep you posted on that and talk about it more as the situation develops. Um, but, yeah, it's it's also kind of weird. In fact, Charlene just texted me and said the same thing. It's weird that the press conference I just saw a moment ago didn't lead off with this. It talked about Ukraine. It talked about different things. It was National Security Council, um, you know, former Admiral John Kirby. And then it finally somebody asked a question. Uh John, we hear about another something being shot down. Yes, let me address that. Like, oh, that's that's a back burner issue. Anyway, we'll we'll cover down on this as it develops. But yeah, there's about to be a DOD briefing like any minute uh, at the Pentagon, and we'll find out more as we go. In the meantime, I got some stuff, man. I've got a I got a triple dipper that's so full. I don't know if we can get to all of it. I don't even have. I I even made it a point not to have guests calling in today uh, intentionally because I've got so much content. But we're gonna try triple dipper. Hit it. The triple dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper, three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. Number one, didn't get to it yesterday. It's first on the list today. Haters going to hate. Haters going to hate. Well, that's what we hear, uh, but uh, it's also true. And we're going to talk today about what is a hate group and who gets to decide what's a hate group. And wh- where, is the, uh, where is the dividing line between hate me. By the way, what organization is in charge of hate group designations? Oh, it happens to be one of the worst organizations out there in the entire public sphere, and they're based here in Alabama, the Southern Poverty Law Center. So, yeah, we'll talk about, number one, haters going to hate. Number two, racist roads and activist regulators. I mean, I feel like that's the title of a movie. There should be... Should we have a movie, Boomer? I can't you see it. I think so. Racist roads and activist regulators. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what that was. I don't okay. either. I was just trying to make some sound. All right. Racist roads and activist regulators. So yeah, what happens when basically there's so much regulation that's agenda driven that gets thrown on things that don't relate to it? What does it do? Well, it basically makes everything cost more, take longer, and oh by the way, it keeps the little guys from being able to compete. So we're going to talk about it. Racist roads and activist regulators. What happens when government puts an agenda on everything? And then number three, every once in a while you got to do this. I kept finding this cool story, that neat story, uh, that thing that needs to be known. And so it's all right here at home. Home fries, number three on the triple dipper. 
home fries. We're going to talk about all stuff Alabama, things that are happening around the state, some good, some bad, some indifferent, but you need to know about them. So that's it, number three on the Triple Dipper, home fries. Well, all right, let me, um, as we wait for the DOD to do its briefing, let me move over to uh, my comments for the day. Um, And I got to tell you, I ran across a story last night that has me now looking sideways at an organization that I've always loved. Now, some of y'all may have heard me say my first ever true paycheck, clock-in, clock-out job was Chick-fil-A. I was 16 years old at Chick-fil-A and Parkway City Mall in Huntsville. And let me tell you what, there are still things that I learned in that first job that have just stuck with me. I learned what it means to be on time, in place, and ready to work. I learned what it means to juggle scheduling and to see firsthand what happens when your coworkers do a great job or when they don't, for that matter, and you get to pick up their slack. In the days prior to food courts becoming a thing, when you're the only fast food in the whole mall, well, let me tell you, I learned what it means to move with a purpose and how to address the customer politely even when you've been working a double shift. And I learned the meaning of diligence in prepping every aspect of somebody else's meal, even when you're personally so sick of chicken, you don't ever want to eat chicken again, like ever. But I'm proud to have worked there. It was meaningful. One of my favorite books of any great meaning is the founder of Chick-fil-A, Truett Cathy's book on defying the odds to build a successful business. We've got it posted right now. That book is on the uh, recommended reading list on the rightsideradio.org website. So having said all that, I've also appreciated the way that Chick-fil-A has always stood up for core values and faith from day one, never open on Sundays, defying culture and wokeism. But then I ran across an article last night, and maybe it's just the world in which we live, all right? The world that says that liberals are allowed to just jimmy around with anything and everything. A world that too often just can't leave well enough alone. The article said that Chick-fil-A is testing a new one-of-a-kind sandwich. The article referred to it in glowing libspeak as the company's first ever plant-forward entree. Plant-forward. What is that? Plant-forward. It's apparently a fancy name for a veggie sandwich. No meat. From the company that serves meat sandwiches, we are now getting a brand new option made with a battered and deep-fried tender filet of, wait for it, cauliflower. The article says it, quote, here's the quote, you ready? Quote, embraces the plant-forward style that places vegetables at the center of the entree. Uh Uh-huh. The company released a statement that reads like a combination of a Supreme Court brief and a medical journal with carefully selected words that said this. You ready? Stand by. Quote, Cauliflower is the hero of our new sandwich. It was inspired by our original Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, says Leslie Neslog, the director of menu and packaging at Chick-fil-A. Guests are told they want to, guests told us they wanted to add more vegetables to their diets, and they wanted a plant-forward entree that tasted uniquely Chick-fil-A. Our new sandwich is made with the highest quality ingredients and whole vegetables, and we hope it offers customers another reason to dine at Chick-fil-A. Well, okay. Y'all forgive me for being skeptical. Maybe, maybe I'm overreacting. My sincere hope is that this is truly something that the marketing experts at Chick-fil-A, who do know more about the restaurant industry than I ever will, that they have determined this is the next wave of capitalism, that it will seize the fast food industry by storm and propel Chick-fil-A to another award-winning option in the fast food hall of fame. But we live in a world where liberals won't leave well enough alone, and I find myself just kind of cynical to a degree. So when the restaurant that taught me how to stock shelves and cash out the register and serve coffee and smile when I'm tired and stand up for what's right, when they add veggie meals to their menu and call them plant-forward, I feel a little jaded, and I hope they're not selling out. It's like the other story that I ran across just this morning. The author of that story on Fox News expressed her dismay with wondering how they can continue to take family vacations at Disney World. 
She said that they had already ceased purchasing anything made by Nike and Gillette because of the push for anti-American rhetoric and transgender lifestyles, but that she and her husband were of the hope that Disney's new leadership might begin restoring the family-friendly atmosphere and get away from making conservative patrons of the Disney movies and parks feel like third-class citizens. So they went to Disney because it's still a part of the American dream, a place of wonder where whole generations have been made to feel better about life in general, the Magic Kingdom. She said that she and her family arrived at the hotel inside the park complex, and while they checked in, her kids sat on the lobby couches watching Disney cartoons on the TV. She described her seven-year-old son getting excited because a cartoon of the Three Caballeros, the cartoon that was made over 30 years ago, came on. It's one of his Disney favorites. And as she looked over at her smiling, happy child, she noticed the cartoon was beginning with a disclaimer that had never been there before. A disclaimer that says, quote, This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then, they're wrong now. Rather than remove the content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Give me a break. Just gag me. After which the cartoon that has never been a problem before began to play. And the same disclaimer appears on Aladdin, Dumbo, and Peter Pan. So what Disney and Nike and Gillette and Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines and possibly Chick-fil-A need to learn is that wokists, wokists will never be satisfied. The liberal agenda does not know how to leave well enough alone because the liberal progressive woke agenda is about redefining truth. And when you're allowed to redefine truth, then nothing is sacred anymore. What is your truth today? Well, truth is still truth. It's supposed to be because, well, because it's truth. And when truth becomes malleable or pliable or overly flexible or dissectable or even voidable, well, then it ceases to be truth. And when an activist redefines truth, they must go in search of solutions to fit their first world problems. They must be able to find a target upon which to vent their pent-up frustrations that their truth is not being respected by others. And when that happens, they will find that which is not broken and they'll try to fix it because liberals never know how to leave well enough alone. But here's the deal. In today's America, wokeness is actually not very popular overall. You might sell a veggie sandwich in certain urban centers or get away with calling Peter Pan a racist in some venues, but the vast majority of Americans are just liable to take a swing at you for trying that in Main Street, USA. Corporations like Disney and the others who've given way to the woke agenda, they should consider coming back to their roots or one day in the not-so-distant future, we may be telling our kids about the America that used to have a Disney World. And I'm also not wild about cauliflower sandwiches either. How about leaving well enough alone? And that's a wrap for the right side way. Cauliflower sandwiches. Mm, I'm not sold. I also, I just somehow highly doubt that customers came to them asking for a plant forward option. Shut up. Didn't happen. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just 
plain right. Shout out to one of our listeners, Daniel from Gadsden, who just uh, texted in and said that he was uh, actually on the road driving through Huntsville, jamming to Right Side Radio and headed to Chick-fil-A to get a grass sandwich. <laughs> so, yeah, Daniel, to you and yours, uh, blessings on you, man. Have a great day. Um, let me, let me move over to the text line real quick. You want to text in that winds up being a whole lot of content sometimes with our show. It just, it just becomes consuming. Does it not boomer? I mean, it really you, does. It's just crazy. We have some funny people on our text line too. <laughs> it's just anyway, uh, the number 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Uh, that's the number here. You can text it or call it. Uh, so several texts have already come in. I will tell you the, the, the coffee thing from yesterday, boomer. It's still it's still a thing, yeah. So the the you know the whole idea about having right side branded coffee, and what to name the light roast, the medium roast, the dark roast. Well, so yeah. Gina from Athens had an amazing idea. First of all, and I, I can't remember who it was. Somebody had the idea yesterday late in the show about doing the triple the triple dipper the triple dipper, which like is could, pretty awesome. Like, yeah, all three a package with your light, medium, and dark roast mm-hmm. all in one package and call it the triple dipper of right that's, side coffees. That's awesome. And then Gina from Athens says. Uh, she's a marketing director. <laughs> she says, uh, the, says the, the coffee ideas are just flowing. She said, you might even want to think about it since they have the tea party in politics, we have the coffee party. <laughs> but uh, she also went on to say, then you could have the packaging include like quotes from Ronald Reagan and George Washington and other historic right side ruffians uh, throughout history. I mean, can you like see it? it like the on the side of the package, it has Ronald Reagan saying freedom or no, excuse me. Uh, uh, yeah, is it freedom? Is only one generation away from extinction? Oh. Um, How cool would that be to have all those quotes on them? I, I'm just That'd saying. be sweet. I'm getting stuck Great idea, idea, Gina. Yeah, I know it. Uh, John from Huntsville says, I've always supported Chick-fil-A's Christian beliefs, but I've never liked their chicken sandwiches. Oh, John, oh. how can you say this? See, I don't understand that because I love Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches. Um, anyway, and he goes on to talk badly about them, which I won't do. <laughs> I, won't, I won't go there, John. I will not go there with you. Uh, Joe from Owens Crossroads says, um, Beyond Meat, you know, it's, that's, that's that artificial meat company that makes like fake meat, basically. Mm-hmm. It says Beyond Meat's stock price is down by 90% from its recent highs. He says, I wish my tomahawk steaks would discount like that. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. <laughs> Raven from Russell says, Cauliflower is a dirty trick played by one neighbor on another, <laughs> who he didn't like very much. Um, what else that's we got funny. here? Uh, Brad from Limestone County says, if Chick-fil-A starts carrying that cauliflower sandwich, then when an employee hands one of those abominations to a customer, instead of saying, my pleasure, they ought to say, my condolences. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian from Huntsville says, LOL, here I am making grilled chicken, maple bacon chicken sandwiches for the Super Bowl. Um, the Super Bowl. Yeah, y'all text in if you want to. Uh, 833-687-4448. By the way, if you ever forget the number, because I'm told that I say it too fast, Eight three three, <laughs> six eight seven. Now, get on to four four and four and an eight. But anyway, if you ever forget the number, just go to our website, uh, rightsideradio.org. dot org. dot org. All our stuff's on there, including the phone number, which is right at the top of the page. Uh, the live streaming of the show is on there. Uh, links to all the podcasted versions of the show is on there. Where are we out on the podcast, Boomer? Uh, 115,000. Shut my mouth. Die. Shut my mouth. Oh. Come on. It is so awesome. What, when did we? When was that that we did the push-ups and the donuts? It was 100,000. I know 100,000, but how long ago was uh, that? Oh, beginning of wise? December? No, more than that. Was it, was it 
It was, a, it was the end of like it was the end of Thanksgiving, beginning of December, I believe. We need to look back because okay. um, that'll tell us how many we gained over this. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, exponential growth in the podcast, and then we also have the uh, the brand spanking new podcast, the newest one to the right side multiverse. Uh, Boomer and McQueen. That's right, the Right Life podcast. The Right Life podcast. Man, we're we're having so much fun doing that, and it's gonna it's gonna be good. It, it already is good. It is already yeah, it already is. Five good. episodes out. <laughs> Six. Six. Six episodes. Oh, what do I know? I'm just in charge right here. I don't know anything. Yeah, just, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hey, listen. Um, switch gears here real quick. Uh, Pentagon doing its briefing right this very second. Right this very second. Breaking news. If you haven't heard, uh, it has just been announced. They took down another. And right now they're calling it a high altitude object. Uh, I don't know why, but and they're saying it's it's they, it's it was an unmanned object of some type over Alaska. Uh, they said uh, the, what I know of it so far. Um, Admiral John Kirby, the uh, spokesperson for the National Security Council, said that uh, it was it was sighted last night for the first time. It was taken out just in the last hour um, over Alaska. It came down over the uh, Arctic Ocean, I believe. It was headed north towards the, uh, you know, the northern end of Alaska. Um, and that uh, it did go down in water, I believe. They won't characterize what type of object it was, although flybys, they did uh, clarify that they believed it was completely unmanned. And, um, uh, and it has been taken down. They, uh, they said that, uh, um, that, I don't know, I mean, they were asked, why'd you take this one down there and not the other one take down? And they no, no good answer. Uh, and I, I don't know what the response will be when they start digging into the details. The other piece of breaking news on this kind of whole scenario is that they have now begun actually recovering the physical um, uh, payload of the first balloon. Well, that's first balloon, the one we get shot down the other day, because apparently there's been multiple other balloons. But they, this, they say this thing is well over 1,000 pounds worth of technical gear. Uh, I'm told that it has um, solar panels, uh, multiple antenna arrays, and that it was truly a... Uh, um, a surveillance uh, intel, mostly signals intelligence, it sounds like, gathering device of some type that was being, you know, flown uh, at 60,000 feet uh, with a 200-foot, you know, long balloon that was toting it, all of which is now being recovered. The interesting dynamic they're finding, too, is that some of the parts, I don't know what kind of parts yet, they haven't said, but we did find out this morning that some of the parts on that thing had English writing on it, and the indications are the Chinese may be using some materials purchased through American sources to build their surveillance capability of America. That's just not where we want to be. All right, folks. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. side ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Covering down on some ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about we go way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi. Thrown in just for good measure. Um, how do the words come out that fast? I'm not sure how that happens. But, uh, hey, uh, we get the text line. is just, just fun. I'm so... So Shane Daddy from Gadsden has texted in. Boomer, you and I both know Shane Daddy. Yes, we do. <laughs> Shane Daddy from Gadsden says, need to call it triple sipper coffee. <laughs> triple sipper. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Grandma Wanda from Coleman texted in, I guess about my monologue. She goes, truth will always be truth. It will always reveal itself bright and clear. What's done in secret will be known abroad in truth and in light. Like it. Thank you, Grandma. Appreciate you. Uh, Frank from Madison uh, says, the fox feed of the shoot down Looked like several small explosions on the boom after it broke away from the envelope. So I, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see, man. I guess he's talking about the new. I haven't seen the feed because right now uh, the Pentagon briefing is just, you know, um, uh, the Pentagon spokesperson standing there speaking. We haven't seen any feed that I've been aware of, but I'll, I'll be watching for that. Penny from Athens. If I ate a cauliflower chicken sandwich, it wouldn't take long for I'd become a human salad shooter. What is that? What is that? I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think I want to follow that one down too much longer. Uh, Tony from Piedmont says, at 1.59 p.m., I texted this. The last carrier pigeon shot down over Alaska. <laughs> That's, oh, my gosh. Um, Allison from Madison said, all this balloon talk reminds me of the movie It. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. And Biden is the evil clown. And, of course, he's yelling at all of us. They float. They all float. That's just, Allison, that's just a creepy text. John from Huntsville says, uh, I'd rather there be a restaurant called Fish Filet, catfish sandwiches, tilapia sandwiches, flounder sandwiches. Sam he's, okay, he's all into fish. John, you're all into fish. We get you, man. I got it. And then Tony from Piedmont. Um, uh, what president was crucified for not liking broccoli? Wasn't that uh, George Bush? I think it was. He said he's never liked broccoli. And when he became president of the United States, he thought, I don't have to eat broccoli now if I don't want to. And um, I think it was. I, I, I maybe Bush. Tony, text me back in the answer. Hey, by the way, a bit of breaking news also, in case you didn't see it. Um, Biden's communications director, whose name escapes me, not, not Karine Jean-Pierre. She's a spokesperson. But the communications director is leaving. Uh, Kate, is it Bettingfield? I think it's Bettingfield. Anyway, all said and done, she's leaving. And I just see where they've announced Karine Jean-Pierre has said Ben LaBolt is his name. Ben LaBolt, she says, is making history here at the Biden White House. Representation matters. He will be the first openly gay communications director because that is the standard, by the way. It's not about how well you communicate. It's about whether you broke a glass ceiling because that's what matters. Just remember that, Boomer. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. That's, that's just... I mean, awesome. Let's put an asterisk by it because he was not hired because of his skills. He's hired because he's the first openly gay guy who also has skills. There you go. Maybe skills. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> remains to be seen. It, it, All correct. right. The jury is out on that one. Um, okay. And uh, listen, uh, th that briefing continues. We'll jump into it uh, here in a little bit uh, as we get more details. But the, the, the briefing is ongoing. It says an object over Alaska did pose a threat to civilian aircraft. It was shot down. It was flying at roughly 40,000 feet. Uh, the newly downed object was smaller, much smaller than the other one, about the size of a small car, they say, um, and that President Biden himself ordered the object to be taken down. Uh, so that's what we know right now. When I know more, I'll let you know more. Or if you know more, you text me and tell me more. 
All right, let me jump into number one of the Triple Dipper. I'll, I'll get it kicked off here, and then we'll have a break here in a few minutes. But So here's the thing, man. What's a hate group? I mean, you hear this term all the time, those hate groups. Well, you know, they've been designated a hate group. What's a hate group? Well, some of them you look at and go, all right, I get it. Ku Klux Klan, hate group, I guess so. They, they are known to hate a segment of society. Um, in my opinion, Black Lives Matter is a hate group, but not in the eyes of those who designate hate groups. No. Um, in my opinion, Al-Qaeda would certainly be a, a hate group. Um, but is, other Islamic fundamentalist groups are not branded hate groups. Uh, so what's the, what's the deciding point here? What, what's the litmus test? Who gets to decide this? In fact, if we don't have someone deciding, then why do we care? And certainly it should never be government deciding because that's never good. But then again, do I trust that someone else will be unbiased in their deciding of what constitutes a hate group? No. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's kind of like the Supreme Court said with regards to pornography. We know it when we see it. Uh, you know, and it shouldn't be there. You can go ahead and say, I do not agree at all with the KKK, but I don't have to have somebody else tell me they're a hate group. I know they are. And that's just the thing. Well, there's a group called the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh, here we go. So the SPLC is this behemoth that started off as a little civil rights group in Montgomery, Alabama, still headquartered in Montgomery. Uh, my last recollection was their offices were right down there off Dexter Street, just down from the Capitol, I think. But the SPLC, good Lord, they have strayed from their original mission. And the SPLC, well, they're the ones who get to decide what's a hate group. But when they do, what very often happens is they brand somebody a hate group, and typically what it means is they're a conservative group. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing some of the most amazing designations of hate group coming out of the SPLC. Why? Well, they use it as a bludgeon. Then they try to get you doxxed from getting government contracts. They try to make sure that you, you know, you know that you'll never get uh, your social media accounts will be, you know, uh, suppressed. You'll find that you can't uh, uh, buy and sell certain places because you're no longer welcome. Uh, and for that matter, you may also experience violence. The Family Research Council, a conservative policy advocacy group that fights for things like pro-life, you know, pro-family, traditional values, the Family Research Council. We've had Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin on this show before, who's the vice president of the Family Research Council, a national organization with a great track record, branded a hate group by the SPLC. Pray tell, why? Because they oppose the LGBTQ agenda. And so they're branded a hate group, and what happened? One slightly deranged, not slightly, one deranged individual read the map, uh, went to the hate map that, that SPLC puts on their website, looked around to see what was close to where he lived, got a gun, went down to the offices of the Family Research Council a few years ago and began shooting up the lobby. He said his intent was to kill everybody in the building. He did wound one security guard. I'm not sure that anybody else died, but he shot up the lobby. And, and, and the bottom line is this. What motivated him was that the SPLC had designated the FRC as a hate group. Well, you'll be happy to know, by the way, the, the Southern Poverty Law Center is expanding its reach. Really? Pray tell. What are we doing? Story here in the Gadsden Times. Gadsden Times, which I think is one of the last remaining seven-day print newspapers in the state of Alabama. But the Gadsden Times has an article here dated uh, two days ago. says, the SPLC state office will now take up concerns across Alabama. 
So here's the thing. The Southern Poverty Law Center, they look for causes. They basically go out there and they create issues so they can then solve them legally. Well, now they're going out to what they call underserved rural Alabama. They're a national organization based in Montgomery. Their model for the new state offices is going to be here in Alabama because that's close to home turf. But it says the Southern Poverty Law Center, according to the Gadsden Times, will open an Alabama state office this year under the direction of a lady named Tafini English, who previously led the Civil Rights Memorial Center in Montgomery. English, with experience working in fair housing and counseling and advocacy, here we go, will lead the center in its mission of building community in underserved rural Alabama. Pray tell, what does this mean? They're going to call them state offices. It's going to be focused on what they call informed local concerns. It says, we're looking at local concerns. We're looking to strategize and collaborate and be in partnership with community organizations. Pray tell, what kind of things would they do in these rural offices where these poor underserved communities just don't know what's right and wrong? Who are the hate groups? We'll come in there and show you. Well, Here's the deal. Last year, it says they conducted a landscape analysis in partnership with researchers at UAB and identified four. I wonder how much they had to pay for that. UAB helping the SPLC determine what needs to be done in rural Alabama. Four things. You ready? Eradicating poverty. Strengthening democracy and voting rights. Here we go. The decriminalization of black and brown folks. And awareness of white nationalism and extremist groups. That's the mission. This is the organization that designated the Family Research Council, the Alliance Defending Freedom, and other think tanks and conservative policy organizations as hate groups. And now they're coming to a hometown near you to make sure that you understand why your life is bad until they tell you what to do about it. I mean, and they they do see a racist under every rock, um, I'll, I'll be honest. Story here on uh, WVTM Channel 13, which I believe is out of uh, Birmingham. Graffiti, advertising what the SPLC calls white nationalist hate group in Birmingham. Now, maybe, maybe not. In my book, I look at it and go, I look at the words face value. Here's the deal. Down there on, um, where was this? Uh, Was it right? Hang on a second. I'm going to tell you exactly where it was. It's, uh, shoot. On the Red Mountain Expressway. Yeah. The graffiti is on Red Mountain Expressway, um, and it says, Reclaim America. Does that scare you, Boomer? Do you find yourself um, literally thinking you need to take the family and and get away from there? Reclaim America, bud. Yeah. That's like scary stuff. It's real scary. Uh, I don't want to say anything that's like going to frighten our listeners, but Reclaim America, that's that's hate group talk right there. That's a hate group. Well, so the Southern Poverty Law Center says... (laughs) This is a phrase often used by a group called the Patriot Front that wants to return to the traditions of values of, and virtues of our forefathers. Okay. Eric Hall with Birmingham Black Lives Matter. There we go. The Birmingham chapter of Black Lives Matter finds the messaging extremely alarming. It's not just graffiti, he said. It's hate. It's a hate message. And it was placed there in a very intentional place. That's what they, uh, that's what they say based upon what the Southern Poverty Law Center has taught them how to say. <laughs> Well, listen, you might be concerned about what's happening down there on the southern border, but did you know? This is the most important part. Did you know Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants to make sure some of these overworked Customs and Border Patrol agents are fired? Because in her words, they have been talking to people who are part of a hate group as designated by the SPLC. 
Yeah. We'll talk about that after the break. Y'all stay tuned. I'll try and get more information on this new object shot down over Alaska. And we'll be right back. Haters gonna hate. Yeah. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. No real true updates yet on this um, object being shot down over Alaska. They're showing a map up on uh, the screen on one of my uh, screens here in the, uh, the the Right Side studio. Uh, it was definitely way up on the northern edge at, uh, at the beginnings of the Arctic Ocean near the Canadian-Alaska border. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's way up there. But if you look at the land masses, you can kind of get an idea where... Um, they say it did pose a threat to civilian aircraft in some way, I guess because it was considered, you know, at a lower altitude than the the, um, uh, the, the rest of the other major balloon that we shot down. That thing was 200 feet big, but it was 60,000 feet up. Um, so, yeah, they I thought it was a reasonable threat, they say, and they took it down. I think they also recognized that the public was not going to sit still for them letting another one go by. Uh, I just, uh, by the way, switching gears back to the Triple Dipper here, um, where did it go? Was it Frank? Yeah, Frank from Huntsville says, breaking news, Right Side Radio now classified as a hate group. <laughs> it would be a badge of honor, just saying, Frank. Um, anyway, hey, listen, uh, let me jump over here back to the topic. So, um, yeah, hate groups. Who gets to decide? Who gets to decide what's a hate group? Well, the, the, the lead agent right now for deciding who's a hate group is the Southern Poverty Law Center based here in Alabama. And I'm talking about nationally speaking, the SPLC is renowned for its ability to target and identify hate groups, most of which wind up being, you know, questionable, some of which are, you know, you get it because it's a KKK or whatever. But anyway, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat from New York, suggested on Tuesday that Border Patrol agents should be fired for working with organizations that the SPLC has branded a hate group. Yeah, this is a story from the Daily Signal, which is the, uh, the uh, publication arm of the Heritage Foundation. It says Ocasio-Cortez asked John Modlin, who is the Tucson Sector Chief of the Border Patrol, if he knew that members of a militia group that the SPLC brands a hate group had regular contact with agents in his sector. To which he replied, yes. <laughs> Straight answer, yes. And are you aware this organization is designated a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center? He said again, yes. And she asked then whether he knew that Border Patrol agents had regular contact with this organization. And he said, you know, and receive assistance. And he said, well, assistance can mean a variety of things. Anyway, what basically is happening is you got groups down there that are taking upon themselves to call the Border Patrol when they see somebody crossing the border. It's like, you know, citizens arrest, citizens arrest. But what they're doing is they're watching themselves because the, the Border Patrol can't be everywhere. And so these guys 
which she says, this is an organization that spreads anti-Semitic conspiracies and beyond. And I was wondering if your sector has a policy regarding agents interfacing with known members of designated hate organizations. And then she went on to ask whether or not he would consider firing his agents who might have, in her words, conspired with these hate groups. Well, the bottom line is they're not colluding in some way for hate. They're an organization that the SPLC doesn't like, and therefore she doesn't like, because that's what happens. And this article goes on to point out, and where did this come from, Daily Signal? Yeah, Daily Signal. The Southern Poverty Law Center is a left-leaning activist group and a pro bono litigation outfit notorious for its hate group accusations against mainstream conservative and Christian organizations. And the author of this uh, has actually written a book called Making Hate Pay, The Corruption of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Y'all, I I kid you not, if you're not aware of SPLC's track record against conservatism, you ought to look it up. Um, And they, 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 they do this on a frequent basis. And then they also get into, you know, supporting and creating the environment in which it's okay to do more of this. For instance, here's another story on Fox News. This one came out March of last year. It says, conservatives respond as the SPLC continues to brand them as hate groups despite terror attacks and defamation claims. It says the SPLC released its 2021 hate map with an updated list of 733 organizations it brands as hate groups. And the list still includes many prominent conservative advocacy groups and a Christian ministry that has sued the SPLC for defamation. So you may be surprised to find out some of who's in there. Their hate group list includes... And it, like, of course, you have the KKK and that kind of stuff. But then they have things like Alliance Defending Freedom, the Family Research Council, Act for America, the Center for Security Policy, the American Freedom Law Center, and D. James Kennedy Ministries. Yes. When you look at it, you realize, too, that if, if the SPLC can get away with this continually, um, it's, it's going to do us no good as a cause. We have to be willing to push back. And we do. There, there, there have been now, there have been multiple defamation suits against the SPLC. Uh, there is, the, there is a, a, a basically a, a growing call to make sure they understand we're not going to sit still for this. But they have an amazing amount of money. Why? Because they pressure people. It's kind of like BLM getting money. SPLC was the BLM of yesterday. The SPLC, it says, has faced criticism for its large endowment, which is currently sitting at an estimated $529 million. And they've put a lot of that in offshore Cayman Island accounts. Wow. Southern Poverty Law Center, a morally bankrupt organization infamous for its managerial corruption, has once again released its so-called hate list, said the Family Research Council senior research fellow Chris Gasick. Over the last decade, the SPLC's list has evolved into a political document that furthers the SPLC's far-left agendas. Says as time has gone by, the SPLC has targeted an increasing number of policy groups with whom it disagrees. But its falsehoods and dangerous tax have caught up with them, and they're starting to have to pay out in defamation lawsuits. Got a little more on this, like you're going to want to hear about the ideological purity test now required under California law. Wow. Hate groups, haters going to hate. Phil Williams, we'll be right back.
Are you right side rough? <laughs> You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. And we are back. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, all the issues we're covering down. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hour number two already. Boom, shakalaka. Yeah. How's that possible? Woo! I'm just... Hour number two on a Friday. <laughs> uh, hey, we got plenty of uh, texts over here on the text line. If you want to text or call in, you're welcome to at 833 687 4448. That's the same number you can call in on, 833-68-RIGHT. That's the number. Uh, Daryl from Huntsville is taking issue with what's played or aired during our breaks, man. And listen, unless it's an ad that we sold, <laughs> I can't help you. He says, so according to Dr. Sanjay Gupta, I need to now be concerned about what I eat and its impact on the environment. <laughs> yeah, what the heck, he says. I don't know, man. I apologize. I got nothing. I don't know what to tell you. I don't sign the contract for who puts what on the stations. Um, John from Huntsville. You said, are you sure Sheriff Palin's not the one who shot down the balloon? I don't know, John. I, I'm not aware, but um, you're, you're welcome to Google it. Uh, Southern Poverty Law Center is a hate group, says Brian from uh, Huntsville. Yes, indeed. Chris from Madison. Let's declare the SPLC a hate group and include the ACLU and some of the radical left groups. Give them a good taste of their own medicine. Ah, yeah. Listen, what happens, though, sometimes is this creates an environment. This creates this sort of idea that it's okay to head down the role of controlling thought. It's, it's, it's a dangerous track. You're a hate group, but I love Jesus. You're a hate group, but I'm promoting life. You're a hate group, but I'm just standing up for the Constitution. Uh, it's just, anyway, California law has now been changed. So in October of last year, we have a new thing coming out. Uh, story here on Daily Signal again. Daily Signal points out that California Governor Gavin Newsom, a Democrat, oh yes, has signed two bills into law as of last fall in California that will determine who is eligible to serve as a police officer and creates what many are calling a new ideological purity test. Because, see, they don't want people who are hate groups. And somewhere in the mix here, it, it, it talks about the fact that they rely sometimes upon what the SPLC has designated. So if they find that you have prior involvement with the Family Research Council, if they find that you retweeted something that was promoted by, I don't know, Catholic relief agencies or Alliance Defending Freedom, you might not become a police officer in the state of California. Newsom on September 30 signed AB 655, which bars Californians who previously have been members of so-called hate groups or involved in hate group activity in the past seven years. And the governor also signed AB 229, or excuse me, 2229, which requires applicants to be screened for, quote, bias before they can join a police force. And the bias requirement, like, who does this? How do you figure that out? Bias is determined by who? It says, although AB 655 uses a strict definition for the term hate group, 
Tied directly to things like genocide, critics are noting the new law also requires agencies to investigate all complaints made by the public that allege participation in a hate group. When you see that, you begin to realize the SPLC has now wormed their way into government. So the SPLC is not just, and it even points out in the article here, the Southern Poverty Law Center, or SPLC, has branded even mainstream conservative groups and Christian organizations as hate groups, and now California is going to decide whether or not your participation in those hate groups dis- disallows you to serve as a police officer. That's unreal. And it, and it quotes several groups in here that are saying they take issue with this, one of which says uh, a guy named da- Daniel Greenfield from the Shulman Journalism Fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center, which has been branded a hate group, by the way, um, says this is nothing but a political test. It's a political litmus test. It's a blank check for viewpoint discrimination, he says. There you go. SPLC, though, Catholic Relief News Agency, excuse me, Catholic News Agency is saying the SPLC is now thoroughly disgraced. And they're calling it a, basically a badge of honor. So Catholic News Agency is reporting. It says critics of the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center say the organization has become extreme and thoroughly disgraced after the center released its 2020 census of hate groups. And many of the groups are now, like I said, things like the Ruth Institute. The Ruth Institute? What's the Ruth Institute? Where is that? I've got it in here somewhere. The Ruth Institute is a global nonprofit organization that leads an international interfaith coalition to defend family and build a civilization of love. <laughs> and they say, if fighting sex abuse, pornography, and divorce makes us a hate group, then so be it. I'm just telling you, folks, you got you to you watch this because this, is, this becomes the narrative. This becomes the true narrative. This is what happens when a, 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 a basically a liberal earworm is allowed to get in the ear of anybody and everybody, and they buy it. The Family Research Council, the Alliance Defending Freedom, the, the Ruth Institute, they're not hate groups. We've got a, we've got a story on Fox. Let's see where I can go back and find it. I didn't pull it today. But yeah, the Department of Justice and the FBI, an internal memorandum surfaced yesterday labeling Catholics as a potential violent extremist group. Catholics. Fundamental Catholics may be considered violent extremists according to an internal memorandum uh, which is now under scrutiny because it came to light because a whistleblower brought it out. But when you have the SPLC with 500, like half a billion dollars in their offshore Cayman accounts, getting to say whatever they want to say, and people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Gavin Newsom, and they latch onto it as a mantra, well, guess what? It winds up becoming a pervasive narrative that can wind up causing great issues and schisms and then result in defamation suits. And oh, by the way, can, can even create fractures in society when you have things like this guy who looked up the hate group map and then took a gun to the Family Research Council's office to kill whoever he could find, in his own words. I'm just telling you. And oh, by the way, they're based right here in Alabama. And the story that I started all this off with is now the SPLC is taking a new route they want to get into the small town, Alabama. And they're going to wind up making this a model. They're going to take it to other states, I guarantee. But they're starting with, you know, their home state. And they're, they're, they're creating something they call their state offices, which will be in what they call rural underserved Alabama, where they can deal with things like decriminalization and housing fairness and their version of election integrity and things like 
mm, extremist groups. So they're going to deal with extremist groups when they're the ones who decided the Family Research Council was an extremist group. Just keep your eyes open, folks. I'm telling you, it's it's getting it's getting it's getting deep. Uh, switch it over before I go to the break. I'll just tell you, uh, uh, we got a, uh, is it Sama or Sama, the truck driver? He says, isn't the LAPD a hate group? All right, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> um, Daryl from Huntsville says, uh, Christians were called or known as terrorists in Christ's time on earth and nothing has changed. Um, that's, a, that's an interesting point. Tony from Piedmont, uh, he says, uh, something must have uh, dropped in Wait, something bad must have dropped and has to be swapped with. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> I can't follow you, Tony. You got to give me more than that, brother. I can't. I can't read your mind. All right, listen. You want to text in or call in? You're welcome to it. Eight three three six eight seven four 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 eight. That's eight three three six eight. Right. Some of y'all remember why the six eight. Some of y'all do. Text it in if you know the answer. We're going to a break right now. About a minute early. We'll take that break. We'll come right back. I'll switch gears on the triple dipper. Now we're going to the next part. It's not just haters going to hate. It's not just who gets to set the SPLC's hate group motion, the thing into motion. Now what happens when you got racist roads and activist regulators? Oh, man. I got some stuff. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio silent conservative and just plain right i got uh i got a bunch of texts i mean like this came spilling in there um so so yeah i asked the question right as i go into the break uh just like on a whim i said the phone number is 833-68-RIGHT does anybody know why the 68 and some of you guys who are regular listeners you absolutely do so here's the deal when we started the show you know, we had to have our own phone line because we're, we're syndicated now. Everything comes to our right side studios and goes back out. So we got our own phone line. And I wanted the word right or right side to be in there. Well, it didn't fit. You know, you couldn't just, just say type the words right side. It didn't work. So they came back and they said, we can get the word right, but you're going to have to have, and they gave me some versions, 833-something right, 833-something else right. One of them that I had an option for was 833-68-right. My first car was a 68 Mustang. That was my baby. My baby, which many people have heard me talk about on the show periodically. And Boomer is now putting a picture of my 68 Mustang up on the photo gallery at rightsideradio.org. Uh, it's not up there yet. Give him a minute. But, um, yep. Uh, and, and by the way, some of y'all are like like super memory people. So Jeremy from Huntsville nailed it. Uh, 68 was for Thunderfoot. That was my, that was my car's name, Thunderfoot. Uh, you, you can just imagine that I didn't drive it the way I wanted my kids to drive later. Moon Pie from Madison said the same thing. 68 equals Thunderfoot. Uh, Chris from Huntsville says, your Mustang, do I win some socks? <laughs> we may have to give away some socks sometime soon, Boomer. We'll have to order some of those socks and, and give them away. Uh, Mark from Owens Crossroads, everyone should know Phil's Mustang. I'm, I'm a little concerned that people knew it too well back in the day. Um, but, uh, 
Jeff Mindiana says Democrats should be declared a hate group because <laughs> all they do is hate. Um, there's an interesting point. Uh, Dustin out yonder, Alabama says working on the rest stop project at the state line. Now got to do my part for sitting at home, living off our tax dollars. And if it ain't right, it's wrong. Okay. And roll tight. He says, which is pains me to say that out loud, but I did. Um, <laughs> Brad from Limestone County chimes in, says the FBI says Catholics are dangerous extremists. Do they know that their boss, Joe Biden is supposedly a Catholic? That's a great point. Then he goes on to say, so then I guess we're all supposed to conclude the FBI operates at the bidding of a dangerous extremist. I might actually agree with that, he says. Uh, great point. Bruce from Hazel Green, he knew the answer. My first car, oh, his first car was a 66 Mustang fastback, not a 68 like mine. Uh, I, I Respect, man. I got respect for it, Bruce. Uh, Gina from Athens says, love to listen to Right Side Radio, especially when you read the funny text. They make me laugh. You got the picture up there now, Boo? Yep. Is it up there? Really? Cool. All right. So Thunderfoot is now on the photo gallery at uh, rightsideradio.org. Uh, Daryl from Huntsville says his was a 68 Roadrunner. Respect, man. I got respect for it. There you go. Uh, Alex from Elkmont says Thunderfoot references two days in a row. Did I, th did I talk about Thunderfoot yesterday? You did. You talked about Thunderfoot yesterday, I think. We, yeah, we talked about Thunderfoot. Did we really? Yeah, just a, real briefly. Just kind of came I away. mean, Thunderfoot is worthy of two days. It's, it's, it's <laughs> not everybody can say they were allowed to drive a car in high school that had the nickname of Thunderfoot. Uh, had a 289. It was it was a small block V8, so it had a 289 board 30 over with an Edelbrock Torker aluminum intake, a Holly 600 carburetor, Mallory Unilite distributor, hooker headers, and its nickname was Thunderfoot. Um, and then uh, what else do I got here? I'll finish these up. Uh, Tony from Piedmont, do you know how to do you know how to spell the acronym for sociological warfare operations? I don't know where you're heading, brother. Tony, you sent me the most cryptic texts. Um, uh, Alex Melkmont, my coffee idea was Thunderfoot. Oh. oh, oh, I did not recall it that. Nicknamed one of the uh, coffees uh, Thunderfoot Blend. Mm. Interesting, interesting. It's the one that wakes you up the most. Um, and then Brian from Huntsville wants to know if there's any secret documents in the 68 Mustang picture. No, there's not. <laughs> there absolutely are not. Um, so anyway, enough of that. Hey, listen, we're going to switch gears here on the Triple Dipper. Racist roads, yeah, racist roads and activist regulators. What am I talking about here? Well, you, you may have heard that Pete Booty Judge has been really nailing the whole thing about, you know, racist roads. Well, they're not just nailing it now. Brand new article came out in the last couple of days. They're putting billions of dollars into it. Billions of your tax dollars are now going to, in some places, even dismantle existing roads because they're deemed to be racist in nature. Hmm. How's that work? Well, I don't know, rightly. They claim that in Detroit, that uh, one stretch of uh, Interstate 375 uh, cuts through a neighborhood that was designed to break up a black neighborhood. That's what they say. It's what they say, and that was uh, done back in the, what, 60s? And now we're going to tear it down and put in what they call a slower-moving road to allow the community to more further develop and to heal. Come on. Is this really the way we're going to spend trillions of our taxpayer dollars? Dismantling existing roads? If, if in the, first of all, I, I dispute the idea that they were built with racism in mind. But secondly, i got to say, if 60 years later, the community has not been able to find a way to get across the interstate because they say they divided them like a gash. They just they disrupted the whole neighborhood. 
Well, if you can't find a way to get from one side, I've been to Detroit, by the way. I've been down I-375, and I'm just going to tell you, there's bridges across that thing left and right. I mean, there's, there's, there's not, it's not like you can't do it. It's like saying you can't cross the railroad tracks. That's ridiculous. But that's where we're headed because, you know, racist roads. It's all about the, uh, it's all about the racist roads. But then it gets deeper, y'all. As we break this thing down, I've got right here in front of me the checklist for how you can best posture your construction company, your construction company, to have the best ESG plan, which is going to wind up being necessary in order to get a government contract. Because it's not about building a road that sustains the infrastructure requirements of your area. No. It's not about building buildings that are safe and up to code. No, no. It's not about that. It's about whether or not your environmental, social, and governance plan has been implemented and whether or not equitable concerns have been addressed. Oh, guess what's going to wind up happening with all this? Guess who gets to pay for this? Not the company. They're not going to suck it up on their dime. They're not going to say, you know, we're going to implement that uh, ESG plan and do five other things and have to hire an ESG coordinator to write our policies and procedures manual when we're just going to suck that up because that's part of the cost of doing business. No, it's not. They pass it on to the consumer. And next thing you know, the bids go up. And who pays? We do. You and I. Because of racist roads and activist regulators. What we're seeing right now is a move towards making it far more costly because of what I would have to classify as a first world problem. If you are so first world that the way to spend your trillions of dollars in taxpayer money is to tear up existing good roads because you're concerned they might have been racist when they were first built, you are a first world country, my friends. You don't have true problems like, I don't know, hunger or national security or the ability to, you know, have mass transit of people from one place to another or jobs, whatever. All I'm saying is this. It is a absolute debacle to think that we're going to be ripping up roads, building out ports, gerrymandering our Medicare and Medicaid infrastructure, and doing other things that are all in the name of equity because some activist regulator decided to put it in place. And that's what we're headed into next. We get back from this break, I'll break all that out for you. Racist roads and activist regulators. It's number two on the Triple Dipper. It's a good one. And then you're going to want to stay tuned because later in the show, we're going to move to home fries. Get some home fries on a Friday afternoon. Little home fries, cooking them up for you, telling you what's happening around the home state of Alabama. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. side ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right 
Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative and just plain right. And I'm telling you what, we cover down on some ground across the great state of Alabama, way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back on over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi thrown in just for good measure. Uh, text lines are continuing to just be crazy. So if you're texting in for the very first time, by the way, 833-68-RIGHT, 833-687-4448. If you're texting for the very first time, just text the word right side and you'll get back an automatic message that says something like, hey, welcome you right side ruffian. And uh, and then tell us your first name and where you're from. After that, we'll have you in the system along with the hundreds of other people that already do this. I mean, you're you're we're, we're way up in the hundreds. Boomer, am I correct in saying that? Way up in the hundreds. Way up in the hundreds. Like we're uh, we're going to I wonder how long it's going to be till we have thousands in the text line. I won't be able to do anything but just read text all day in the show. <laughs> um, Allie from Athens says her first car, 1960 Volkswagen Microbus. I believe that to be true, Allie. I can just picture it. Um, Brian from Huntsville, racist roads, partially because we once referred to asphalt roads as, as blacktop, he says. That's, that's, I, I don't know. I, he says, I reckon. He said, I'm a dirt road. <laughs> okay. I just, anyway, um, Tony from Piedmont. Uh, I can't read it. Tony, you're killing me. But he does. Have, he did have a 67 Dodge Charger, so love that. Um, John from Huntsville says, just wants to know, Burma, you like iced coffee? Or just no coffee at all? No coffee at all, you say? Boomer's giving me the mmm. Yeah, no coffee. He just y'all couldn't hear it, but he's kind of went mmm. Mm. Mm. Not mm. yet. Not until we get this ruffian blend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to have the the boom shakalaka blend or something. <laughs> uh, the uh, Russell uh, from Rural Route One in Alabama uh, says now they have politically correct veggie fillet sandwiches. Yes, yes, you do. Um, uh, Gina from Athens. Someone wanted to name the coffee after your first car yesterday. She just, yeah, she reminded us of that. And then says, uh, please wake me up and tell me that I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is a nightmare. It's, it's, it's all real, Gina. I apologize, but uh, sorry to wake you up and tell you this stuff. Kathy from Harvest, we have hungry kids in this country and we're wasting money. Yes, ma'am, that is true. Uh, first world problems, we call it. And then Allison from Madison. Allison, is that your, Allison from Madison just sent us a picture of her in, um, a, uh, a a Shelby AC Cobra. Uh, I saw that, and, and it I was am, awesome. Wow, that is yes. Like what's under the hood, Allison? That's what I want to know next. <laughs> Small block, large block, big block. What do you got? Um, all right, listen. Uh, moving into this next part of the triple dipper: racist roads and activist regulators. First thing I got right out the gate from the readout blog, Joy Reid, MSNBC. Oh, Phil, did you go to MSNBC? <laughs> Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And then I'm going to have to shower afterwards. MSNBC, the readout blog from September this past year. The Biden administration is capping off the president's recent trip to Michigan, focused largely on workers' rights and transportation innovation. By the way, it's not transportation innovation when what you're doing is talking about cutting out existing roads says the move is part of the Biden administration's broader effort to remake America's infrastructure to be more equitable, including addressing racist roads that were designed to facilitate white flight. 
and to deprive black communities of housing and commercial opportunities. Okay. Transportation Secretary Pete Booty Judge confirmed to the Associated Press on Thursday that $104.6 million, $104. Boomer, what could we do with Right Side Radio with $104.6? We could take over the world. Yeah, we could. I'll take half of that. Yeah, sure. Just half. Send it over our way. Uh, We are a a fully (laughs) self-contained business, and we are a 501c3. So, by the way, if you want to donate $50 million, we will take over the world with you. Um, Transportation Secretary Pete Booty Judge confirmed to the Associated Press on Thursday that $104.6 million in federal funds from last year's bipartisan infrastructure bill will go toward a plan to dismantle Interstate 375 in Detroit. Yeah. Dismantle an existing infrastructure. Not not repave it, not not provide a new resurfacing, not to, you know, smooth the curves. Nope, nope. This stretch of I-375 cuts like, oh, wait, let me read it like him. This stretch of I-375 cuts like a gas <laughs> through the neighborhood. One of the many examples I've seen in communities across the country where a piece of infrastructure has become a barrier, Booty Judge told the AP. Listen, that is hogwash. That's a hundred-plus million taxpayer dollars going to rip out an existing interstate to basically provide a solution to a created problem. Racist roads, they call it. Well, it gets worse. That was an article from last September. Here's an article from yesterday. Foxnews.com, Booty Judge's DOT spending $662 million to fix America's ports, but only if the projects advance ESG and equity goals. I kid you not. I would not make this up. It would be wrong of me to, to, to try and throw this at you if it were not real. The Department of Transportation announced Thursday that it will award six, by the way, the Port of Alabama, the Port of Mobile, is one of them. The Department of Transportation announced Thursday that it will award $662 million in grant funding to fix up the nation's port infrastructure, but only if those ports advance ESG-style goals such as equity and environmental justice and serving underserved communities. What if there's not an underserved community with a port? What are you supposed to do? What if you don't have anybody in the welding that's going to be building ships in the port that meets the demographic that you need to say that you fixed some equitable problem? Transportation Secretary Pete Booty Judge said America's ports play a central role in our supply chains. Well, he would know a lot about that because he's jammed them up. And that grant funding will help ensure that battered U.S. supply chains are strengthened and the U.S. position for economic success. But the decisions to release these grants will be distributed under their maritime administration will also depend on other factors that this article flat out says have nothing to do with unclogging supply chains. That's it. So here's the thing, y'all. This is what happens when you have activist regulation. This is not law. This is regulatory effort. This is taking something that you've been given the funding to do by Congress and then advancing a regulist or activist agenda in the process. So they're going to announce, (laughs) consistent with Biden's 2021 executive order, not law, executive order, the Advancing Racial Equity and Support for Underserved Communities through the Federal Government Initiative says they intend to use the funding to support what they call, quote, the free and fair choice to join a union and the incorporation of strong labor. St- In other words, what they're saying is, you know what? Hey, uh, Port of Mobile, 
Y'all go ahead and expand your capabilities, dredge out, make it deeper so you can have, you know, larger ships. Uh, go ahead and provide new crane infrastructure and offloading capabilities and new roads in and out for, um, for the supply chain to be, you know, uh, quickly moved. But in the cross of doing so, you have to use unionized labor. In the, in the course of doing so, too, you, you have to make sure that you've advanced an ESG plan that tells us how green you're going to be in the process. And in the course of doing this, you, you absolutely have to file an ESG plan and keep a handbook on there and have to do through like uh, X number of hours of training for your staff where you shut down all operations to make sure that your, you know, your contractors and your, your construction workers have all sat through a two-hour briefing on ESG. That's what's going to happen. Why do you say that, Phil? Because that's what's happening. The notice also said that the Justice 40 initiative is being used on port projects. It's making sure that we have all kinds of things built in like climate change, pollution, environmental hazards. I'm reading this Drake from the article. Um, wow. Wow. Okay. But that being said, it keeps going. What happens when you have an agenda and it begins to affect other aspects of society or other aspects of, you know, growth or, for that matter, the supply chain. It's not just racist roads. How about this? The push for EV, the push for electric vehicles, has gotten to the point of being almost a cult-like religion among the left. Now, I don't care if you want a Tesla. I don't care if you want an electric vehicle. I don't care if you choose to plug in your vehicle at night while others tend to fuel up in the morning. I don't care. If you want to do that, that's fine. That's your, but don't mandate it on us. Don't try to pretend that we're not going to need oil and gas in 10 years. But the Biden administration, in an article yesterday on Fox Business, the Biden administration just awarded, awarded, a $2 billion, billion with a B, billion, a $2 billion green energy loan to a Nevada company that recycles electric vehicle batteries. How do we get in on that gig, Boomer? What can we do with Right Side Radio if we had a $2 billion loan from the government guaranteed? $2 billion. With a B. With a B. With a B. As in bravo. Yes. Man, we'd be... We broadcasting it up to the moon. I'm saying we might put a new studio on the moon at that <laughs> That's point. That's right. <laughs> Recycling venture Redwood Materials, which was founded in 2017 by Tesla's former chief technology officer, uh, Jeffrey Straubel, has secured a $2 billion loan from the uh, Department of Energy. Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm made the announcement. She says the region is leading the way to a broader story of what's happening in the country. No, it's what's happening, what you're making happen in the country. This is not the free market. This is your government dollars, your tax dollars, being thrown out there to subsidize and underwrite an entire section of industry that cannot stand up on its own. So do we have to recycle these batteries? I reckon so. Do we, do we have companies that want to do it and have the capabilities? I guess they can. Can they do it without a $2 billion government-backed loan from the Department of Energy? Apparently not. Do you want to have a wind farm in your backyard? Your choice, man. But do you want to have a wind farm that's built by a company that couldn't have done it otherwise without government propping them up? No, because that means they're not truly viable as an industry yet. Do you want a solar array on your house? You can do that. But should we as taxpayer dollars have to provide you with a credit so you can put a solar energy panel on your house? I don't know that we should. When they make something that is in the free market, that is, that is literally competitive and can, can, can exist, like right now, 
Uh, granted, we've had situations where they did the, uh, the bailouts and things in the past, but for the most part, the automotive industry has been self-sufficient. It's not requiring government credits to make you go buy their vehicles. They just build the better mousetrap and they compete on the market and then you buy the one you like. Oil and gas industry, you don't, you don't see a whole lot of propping them up, all right? You see them using their resources and their shareholder investments to go out and expand their capabilities. It's called the free market. And yet what we're seeing right now is that there's an entire competition being built up in the EV and the green energy uh, sectors that is literally funded with your taxpayer dollars and giving them, trying to give them an edge over existing industry, which has been making this a great nation for 100 years. That was a complete rant. That was just me on, that was just me on a roll, bro. All right, take us to a break. I'm going to have to calm down. We'll go to a break right now. We'll come back. So let me ask you this. If I told you that activist regulators were going to tear down racist roads, would you believe me? Well, of course you would. But what about your Medicare? Did you know that your doctor has to have an ESG plan to qualify for Medicare reimbursement? Otherwise, the ticket could come back to you. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute. It's a story. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative and just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. Um, no, no real updates on the shooting down of that object over Alaska this afternoon. Um, uh, you know, as, as, it, as it develops, I'll, I'll let you know uh, what we see. But I do see the Commerce Department did just add six Chinese companies to their trade blacklist after the spycraft. I don't know why. I guess they've, they've assumed some sort of connection. Uh, but that's 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 interesting, and I'll have to develop that one as we go. I imagine on Monday we're going to be talking about this uh, to some degree. But uh, here's one update for you. Boomer's little man's about to go have baseball tryouts. Oh, yeah, baseball tryouts. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and he is how old, six, five? Uh, he's, yeah, five. So. Man. So this is uh, T-ball, coach pitch? This uh, it'll is... be coach pitch. God, that's awesome. So for those of y'all that don't know, Boomer is a major baseball player. I love some baseball, uh, playing some baseball. College baseball, all of it. Just um, yeah. So you were a college baseball player yourself. Yeah. For uh, just for a little while. Uh yeah, well, that counts. A little while counts. Um, but so uh does he know what position he wants to play? Oh n- no, he just wants to get out on the field right now. Cool. <laughs> Which and, is fine. That's just, <laughs> for him. Like I'm I'm teaching him how to catch. It keeps hitting them, and I'm like, hey, you better not let it get by you. <laughs> I don't care if it hits you. you. You you just keep it in front of you. It will leave a mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's just good. I remember uh, little guy baseball and little guy soccer. Does he play little guy oh, soccer? Oh, yeah. So his favorite sport is whatever he's playing at the time. Okay. So he's in basketball right now. 
basketball. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes. Well, little guy soccer was uh, big in our you know repertoire. We had we had t-ball and coach pitch and all that stuff too. And then, but uh, both my kids, uh, my daughter and my son, played uh, little bitty soccer. And what's so funny <laughs> is there's you know there were there were there were two versions of of or there were two positions in little guy soccer. There's the goalie. And then there's everybody else chasing Everyone the ball. Else. And, and so you like you had a mass of humanity that would follow the ball. If somebody got a chance to kick it, then like everybody on the field just ran right to the ball. Oh, the and beehive. I know. It's like there's no That's position. So funny. Uh, but <laughs> I remember one time too when uh, my son uh, and both my kids played. But I remember one time my son, uh, he you know he played played well enough. But there's one time where he somebody knocked him down, knocked the wind out of him. You know we had the whole you know, stop the game a minute, let him catch his breath. He got up and he got mad, and he played great. And I told him, I said, "You need to play mad more often because that was good." Yeah. <laughs> oh, play mad. Anyway, yeah. Blessings on you, Dad Boomer. Woo. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Thank you. All right, tell him Uncle Phil's going to watch. Oh yeah, I'm coming to a game. Oh yes, I'm coming He'll to love a game. That. All right. Uh, listen, back to this thing about racist roads and activist regulators. So uh, here's the thing. It ain't just in construction. It ain't just in the billions being spent on the ports. It ain't just in, you know, trying to uh, rewrite the way banking takes place or something. No, here's how about, th- how about this. How about your medical care? Yeah. So Heritage has a piece that came out in June of last year. So this is like seven months old. It says your Medicare doctors better get to woke school. The federal government wants to take time away from patient care so they can create an equity plan to root out supposed systemic racism, this is all quotes, that allegedly pervades the American healthcare system and creates disparities in health outcomes. Pursuant to final regulations issued by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, physicians must comply with President Joe Biden's anti-racist agenda to get additional Medicare payments if they are enrolled in Medicare's merit-based incentive payment system, which is, by the way, almost all Medicare doctors. So here's the thing. Nobody works for free. If, if, if you're a lawyer and you do pro bono work, that's a choice. But if you're a lawyer doing pro bono work, you're probably making money elsewhere. You're doing, you're doing what you can to earn a living. People don't go into the practice of medicine just so they can be, you know, helpful. They're looking for the opportunity to also make a good living. They, it, it takes an amazing amount of finances to create a medical practice. It's a business. Don't think for a second, well, this is just a bunch of doctors. No, it's a doctor with a staff. And, oh, by the way, they've got all the, uh, uh, the waiting room supplies and the forms they have to fill out. They have to hire billing clerks. Next thing you know, they need nurses and PAs and everybody else. And if you've got a robust uh, clinic, well, guess what? You might be making money, absolutely, but you're running a business. And what they're doing here is they're crushing businesses with this. this. So it says right here, buried in the 1,036 paid federal regulation is an instruction to Medicare physicians to, quote, create and implement an anti-racism plan. So if you get Medicare reimbursement at your clinic, which is a lot of clinics, like most of them, then you've got to have an implemented anti-racism plan. It has to have target goals and milestones. It has to prevent and address racism and ongoing training and do away with explicit and implicit biases. And to advance racial equity in accordance with Biden Executive Order 13985. Yeah. And next thing you know, it costs more to get your health care. 
Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, heading to hour number three. We'll finish this up and keep moving. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. side ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right you're listening live to right side radio with phil williams it's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side right side radio solid conservative and just plain right Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live on the Right Side Studios, hour number three, covering the local, the state, the national, all of the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Boomer, it's four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. I think we need to replay our sound effect because it's that time. Hit it. Friday! Friday! (laughs) Nice. People are oh. starting to get in their cars. I'm saying they got they can smell the barn, man. <laughs> smell the barn. By the way, have you ever been on a horse that could smell the barn? And good luck raining that sucker in. Oh, yes. I had and it happen no, to me once. You're right. See, see you later. Yeah. I'll see you back at the barn. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're done. That's the most aggravating thing. Um, uh, by the way, new on the text line, Julie from Kentucky. I know who that is. Hey, Julie from Kentucky, how you doing? We're, we're glad you're on the text line. Text in every time you want to. Uh, Glenn from Bluntsville. I guess he's talking about that discussion we had about a uh, little guy baseball a minute ago. Oh, yeah. He says, my son got his nose busted from a line drive. Uh, it took him, to the rest- <laughs> took him to the restroom, stopped the bleed, and he went back out on the field. There yeah, you go. Yeah, like He said it. he wanted back in the game, bloody shirt and all. Yeah. You go, Glenn. Yeah. I, I was telling Boomer during the break, I remember um, I played Little League Baseball. It was not my sport, um, but I was warming up before a game, uh, elementary school age, had braces. Somebody called my name. I looked over and didn't see the ball come and smacked me right in the mouth. I'm talking about it was a good it was a good throw, too. <laughs> it was like it was no feeling. It wasn't the lob. It was a throw. Nailed me in the mouth. Braces just mauled the inside of my lips. It was hard to eat for a week. Um, who said that, who said that baseball is not a full contact sport? <laughs> yeah. Chris from Gadsden. Phil, you are obviously blinded by your white privilege. How dare you? Okay, thank you, Chris. I know who you are, so I'm coming to your house. Anyway, uh, Gary from Athens uh, sent something. What did he say here? Newest cabinet member. He just got a picture of a guy with a beard in a dress carrying a purse. I guess that's the newest cabinet member for the Biden administration is what it sounds like. Um, friendly neighborhood JTAC from Athens. Uh, friendly Neighborhood JTAC says, at a class at UAH, the professor asked us to determine how much more energy would be required to convert all of Huntsville's vehicles to EV. And the number, he says, was so difficult to comprehend in the quadrillions. He said, I broke it down to annual consumption per person. It amounted to a Huntsville population increase of a million people. 
Wow. From where we are now based on current vehicles. He says, I can send you all the math. I'm not sure I'd understand it, but I take your word for it, JTAC. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. By the way, shout out to everybody who is watching the video live stream. Uh, appreciate it. We've got a video live stream that goes every single day. Boomer, how many cameras do we have in here? We got, we got one, one two, three, four, five. five or six. Yes. <laughs> like every angle. Every angle. Charlene's going to get mad. Away with anything. I know. Charlene's going to get mad when I say it again, but I can't scratch or anything because it's all on camera. <laughs> all on camera. Yeah. Especially um, when I forget to uh, go to a break. Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Still on. Um, <laughs> But yeah, those of y'all watching the uh, the live feed, uh, thank you very much. You can see the live feed if you go to rightsideradio.org. Uh, there it is. It's also on YouTube. You can pull it up that way. Um, and then uh, what else have I got here on the text line? Tony from Piedmont, ball fields just south of Triana, and Bob Wallace. Okay. Oh, baseball, he says, was my first. Mm. Oh, I see. Now, there's more than one text. I got it. Tony, you kill me with your text messaging, man. <laughs> we got to have a texting class. Um <laughs> Says baseball was my first. Coach said, "What position do you want to play?" I was five, and I said, "Batter." <laughs> I can see that. Uh, uh, anyway, what else we got here? Okay, no snowflake trophies. John from Huntsville says, "Yeah, yeah." All right. Um, you may want to know as much as I was talking about racist roads and activist regulators that apparently the construction industry—I didn't know this, Boomer—the construction industry is rife with systemic racism. And sexism. Really? The construction company? Rife. That's R-I-F-E, rife. Rife. Rife with just disparity, with inequitable decision-making, with systemic inequality and racism and (laughs) disparate treatment and, oh, cats and dogs living together. Anyway, the U.S. Equal Opportunity Employment Commission held a hearing in May of last year which examined the severe and pervasive discrimination in the construction sector. Mm. especially against women and people of color. Mm. Oh. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been around the trades a bit. I've had, you know, opportunities to do construction law. Mm-hmm. I have interacted with various portions of the trades, everything from bricklayers, electricians, plumbers, general contractors, commercial-grade contractors. I have not seen women clamoring to roof houses. Have you? No. Not I any? don't think so. Okay. I, I have I have I have not seen women of color being kept from being, you know, the, the framers for a house. Have you? No. I don't know of many bricklayers that are women, do you? Nope. Is that because they've been kept out or because they're not asking for the job? Probably because they're not asking. I I mean, I'm sure there's some out there, but I mean, there's not many, if if any. And I'll be honest with you, I knew that we had a lady paint our house one time, and she was awesome. Oh, yeah. We we just had a lady paint our house. And I'm talking the exterior of our house. Oh, wow. She's on ladders. She painted it. awesome. We've had our house, our our old house, we had to have it painted, lived there 24 years. We had it painted twice while we lived there. Mm -hmm. The first time was this lady who I wished I could have hired the second time, but she wasn't around to do it anymore. But she nailed it in like three or four days, had the entire house painted. I'm talking like. Work with a passion. And then we had this dude come in and do it the next time. And it got to the point that I finally had to call him and say, do you still work? Where are you? (laughs) Well, I I hope you understand. I like to spend some time at the house sort of warming up in the morning and spend a little time with my child. And uh, and I'll I'll be there. I'll be there by noon or one o'clock. And I said, you know what? I think I have to find somebody else. All right. But that's the only woman I know of that's in the trades that I've seen. Anyway. Mm -hmm. 
EEOC Chair Charlotte Burroughs said, unfortunately, many women and people of color have been shut out of construction jobs or they face discrimination that limits their ability to thrive in these careers. Hmm. Chairman Burroughs said further that discrimination and harassment in construction can be especially harsh and virulent. Displays of nooses, threats of physical harassment, and sometimes physical or sexual assaults. It's okay. Uh, Okay, wow. I'm just going to have to say wow. In the article that I've got here, by the way, which quotes every liberal union officer you can think of, is Gary, an iron worker from Alabama, who testified at the hearing that harassment on construction jobs is just not right. That's his testimony. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for participation. We appreciate it. Um, But then they go on to quote how many others say that women in the trades are being suppressed, uh, people of color are being suppressed, and so what happens when that kind of thing is the pervasive – that's, by the way, the U.S. Equal Opportunity Commission, a branch of government, telling you that what they see is that there is not enough diversity in the trades. And so what do they have to do? That means they now have carte blanche to mandate it. I hold in my hands my overly calloused, sometimes broken finger paratrooper hands – a checklist for the things that you must do for your construction company in order to be ESG compliant. Really? Yes. If you are a micro company with one to four employees, you need to at least have an ESG statement on file and build relationships with customers and suppliers. I'm pretty sure that's part of business anyway is building your relationships. If you're a small, meaning five to 99 employees, you must engage a consultant to help you with your ESG compliance. And you must enhance your community and locally focused relationships, whatever that means. If you're a medium employer with 100 to 499 employees, you must not only engage a consultant, you must have full-time ESG staff. And if you're a large 500-plus employees contracting firm, you must not only have full-time staff, you must have an ESG department. I am reading to you from a checklist. I will hold it up and show the camera. There it is in my bruised and battered paratrooper hands right there. If you consider your construction company to be micro or small, you must track ESG initiatives using two or three disclosure metrics. You must volunteer in your community to do things outside of your construction firm. You must also mentor young people and hire summer students or apprentices. These are small companies, by the way. You must buy sustainable local products. This is how you prove that you are ESG compliant. Why does this matter? Well, I read you earlier. If you want to work on one of the ports that they're putting $666 million in, you have to be ESG compliant. Pray tell, what else can we do here? I don't know. Maybe things like having commitments from senior management and the board of directors on ESG overgoing, ongoing oversight and including ESG in the organization's strategic plan. I ask you, do you think this is going to make your roads better? Is what I'm reading to you going to make you feel better about driving on that road or walking in that building or riding in that elevator? Do you feel like your roof will better protect you from the elements if your contracting firm was ESG compliant? And I would hazard a guess that the answer is no. Because what we're looking at here is what happens when people are allowed to say that there are things like racist roads and then activist regulators are allowed to get involved. Next thing you know, Medicare is requiring an ESG plan to root out systemic racism in the medical field. Contracting companies are being told they have to be ESG compliant to get contracts to work on things that they've always worked on. And everything becomes more expensive and takes longer to do. 
because activist regulators are out there looking for an opportunity to put a solution to the problems they created. What it means to be a first world country. Mm. All right, folks, I'll tell you what, we're taking a break right now. We'll come right back. I'm going to scan the news real quick, see if we got anything else on this second object they shot down over Alaska, because dang. I mean, I got to say, that's pretty brassy if China did this again. We shoot down one, they send another. That, that's something. We'll see. In the meantime, we'll also move to number three on the Triple Dipper here on a Friday afternoon, getting us around a home fries. What's happening around the state of Alabama? I'll tell you. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right saving the world one sound bite at a time hey um i gotta tell you um it just love coffee cafe just love coffee cafe is is, (laughs) boomer it was it was just me man i i I had to cough i'm sorry did i I frighten you (laughs) if y'all could have seen boomer she ran he ran for the board like something was blowing up um, hey, back to the back to what I was doing. Just love coffee cafe. Today's Friday, yes, it is. It's four twenty-three p.m. It's go home time, and tomorrow morning is apparently going to be somewhat of a rainy and somewhat cool February morning. And I'm just suggest this to you: don't mess up the kitchen. Don't don't have a bowl of cereal. Don't don't do something like the usual old biscuit through the drive-through. Let me just suggest to you what a great morning to put on a hat, keep your house shoes on if you want to. And head on down to Just Love Coffee Cafe. Two locations in our listening area. One on Hughes Road in Madison. The other on South Parkway in Huntsville. How about this? They got the breakfast burrito. Eggs, cheddar cheese, sausage, peppers, onions, tomatoes, hash browns even. Sour cream and salsa wrapped up in a flour tortilla. How about this? The womlet. One of my favorites. A giant omelet cooked in a waffle iron. That's got eggs, sausage, cheddar cheese, onions, peppers, tomatoes, tots, tater tots, sprinkled with black pepper. What about this? You can also get... Sausage or chicken wrapped in a waffled biscuit and served with your choice of sausage, gravy, syrup, or mustard. That's what they call those. They're dippers. Uh, and then they got, they got waffles like you wouldn't believe. They got breakfast sliders, a traditional waffle stuffed with a choice of bacon or sausage, egg, pepper jack, cheese. Okay, I am done in, man. Listen, bottom line is this. You don't have to, chew, you don't have to tear up your kitchen in the morning. You can have a great morning. Get you a cup of cappuccino or just a fresh ground cup of black coffee. Enjoy the environment. Hughes Road in Madison, South Parkway in Huntsville, Just Love Coffee Cafe. What an awesome Saturday morning breakfast. Think about it. Tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio when you check out of the counter. Uh, I got um, John from Huntsville apparently is all in now. Right Side Coffee, saving the world one sip at a time. I like it. Saving the world one sip at a time. That one was epic good. Um, we got a new one texting on the line, Robert from Henniger. Robert, we're glad you're out there on the text line, buddy. He says SPLC stands for Satanic People Loathing Christ. Wow. 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 Uh, JT from Lacey Springs, where'd it go? JT from Lacey Springs says, uh, my dad's three sisters built houses. They were called carpenter ants. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin from out yonder in Alabama says, uh, 
I've worked in the underground utilities, underground utilities for almost 15 years. So my first and best ever pipe foreman was a person of color. And one of the best grader operators I've ever seen was a woman. I'm calling BS on this. I'm there with you. Hey, look, we got Annette from Kentucky on the line. I know who that is. I like these Kentucky folks joining in. So now we got Julie and Annette from Kentucky. Uh, love y'all. We'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Uh, Jay from Hartzell. If you're worried about global warming, just read it in Celsius instead of Fahrenheit. It looks a lot better. <laughs> the numbers feel different. It's okay now. Uh, Gina from Athens says, my oldest son used to play baseball as a, as a, a, a catcher. One boy ran over him, ran all over him. He had to slide into home base once, which made him mad. And he took matters in his own hands, and he got to sit out the next two games. <laughs> uh, raise them up in the way they should go, and when they get old, they will not uh, depart from it. Yeah, Have I got a caller on line one? Do what? Proverbs twenty-two six. There it is. Proverbs twenty-two six. Uh, is that is that Kareem on line one? Kareem, how you doing, man? How you doing today, sir? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm good. Listen, I know I was I was saying you know you was about to mention something about you know the, that other air balloon that we thought was an air balloon, but yeah. I think it's something totally different out there. I don't know if lately you've been seeing they have these little round black orbs that's just been you know they be stationary in the sky and they flying you know they flying around people's farms and ranches and stuff like that. Now I don't want to get too you, you, you know too. Um, you, you know, crazy with it. But at the same time, it's this guy on YouTube that says he, he's from the future. And he said, he's from, huh. we're going to actually have contact with aliens on 3-8-2023. On 3-8-2023. So that's right. Right before my birthday, we're going to, we're going to meet aliens. We're going to meet aliens. And I'm, and I'm like this, I'm like, we either need aliens or we need God to come back in order, you know, to, push the country together. Uh, so uh, I think this is all. Yeah. I, I, I am, I am, I am for the return of the Lord. I am, I am for it. In fact, I am, uh, I am hoping that rapture theology is actually it, you know, but, uh, but, yeah, but I think he's going to send aliens first though. Okay. So, 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 you know. so Kareem, are you, are you, are you messing with me right now? Or are you really thinking this is UFOs? I'm really thinking it's a UFO. Other than that, they would have said it was a balloon. It was another balloon. I mean, they can, tell the difference right yeah but dude you saw a guy on youtube say he's from the future doesn't that feel a little bit shady to you kind of but yeah. i mean <laughs> he, 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 but he but he's you know I've, I've watched that man's video like several times and i kind of believe some of the things he, he's talking about he said he, he called the date well you know oh, 3 8 28 he said we're gonna make first contact well uh, brother i'll tell you what if it happens you call in we'll talk it through all right <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. You have a good one. We'll have see a you. good weekend. All right, you too. All right, fellas. You know. I love it. I, he gave a different opinion. I ain't saying there's not life out there, but I, I'm. A, it's a little sketchy if, if old boy's got himself a YouTube channel sitting there with a tinfoil hat on telling you that he happens to know because he's from the future that on this date you're going to see aliens. But you know what? If it happens, I'll be a believer. All right, folks, we'll come right back. Last half hour, I'm moving to number three on the Triple Dipper, home fries. What's happening around this state of Alabama? I got some stuff you're going to want to know. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, covering some major ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about, we go down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, from Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, and parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 got, I got several texts here. I'll jump on them real quick. Jason from Jasper. Says maple bacon donuts. Enough said. You got me hooked when I heard you mention them on the radio. I could, I could, man, I could use a maple bacon donut right about now. Just uh, saying. Yeah. The, the official food of Right Side Radio, maple bacon donuts. Uh, Dustin out yonder has been texting us a lot today. He says uh, folks like that are what I I use to remind my son not to try drugs. <laughs> he didn't. I guess he's not buying Kareem's storyline, or maybe the guy on YouTube. I guess. Um, Brad from Limestone County says, Phil, we can't have first contact with aliens on 320 or 38 of 2023. My son's got a robotics competition first. Tell him to postpone it by a week. <laughs> Brad from Limestone County. <laughs> Brian from Huntsville says, Kareem was fun, but I meet aliens every morning while I'm getting a soft drink from the corner store. Okay. Okay. Glenn from Blunsville says, I saw a UFO west of Coleman last Saturday. It was dark. All I could see was a uh, see was was one, I don't know what he's saying here. <laughs> anyway, bottom line is he says he saw something. Uh, Jeff from Indiana, the illegal space aliens are just coming here for the perks. <laughs> they need a pair, they need a phone and a pair of shoes and maybe a flight to somewhere. Yeah, they're probably getting paid. Yeah, they're probably getting paid. <laughs> Campbell from Harvest, we need to just shoot down these balloons or other unidentified aircraft encroaching on U.S. space and then say nothing. Pretend we know nothing. Like the Soviets did to us back in the Cold War when our U-2 pilot was shot down. Make our adversaries inquire about it. That's too complicated for the current administration. Heaven forbid a difficult conflict involving the U.S. starts. Campbell from Harvest, there it is. Brian from Huntsville, Boomer, congrats on your son going into baseball. Oh, thank you. Please, though, ensure that he has a, 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 an athletic supporter, is what he <laughs> says. That, I, I don't know why he read that part out. <laughs> just, 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 we'll just. just. Maple bacon donuts. All right. Hey, uh, number three on the triple dipper, home fries. So stuff happening around the state. This is one of those things where I, I just I kept finding stories. Mm, that's interesting. Oh, that's Alabama. Oh, that's that's pretty. That's in our listening area. And I thought, you know what? It's time for a segment of home fries. Do we do we have a sound effect for this? We don't, do we? Oh is no. A- I know we actually talked it last time we did this. We talked about doing like fries in a frying pan. Home fries. Home fries. <laughs> yeah. But I forgot about it until now. Well, then play me some coffee. <laughs> Here's some coffee. It's coffee time. Coffee, 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 coffee. Cappuccino. Okay. <laughs> okay. First story I got for you, just so you know, by the way, um, Alabama Power apparently overcharged everybody. Now, I will say this. I was talking to somebody who was very much in the know the other day. I was not aware uh, that Alabama allegedly has the third highest utility rates in the nation. In the nation. But Alabama Power, the Public Service Commission, which oversees utilities in the state of Alabama, Mm -hmm. decided that they needed to vote to approve a refund be paid back to Alabama Power customers. Now, if you're in TVA up in Huntsville, not you. If you're Alabama Power, probably south of uh, the Coleman area, we are Alabama Power around here. Yeah. Okay, I thought we were Um, Alabama Power. 
The Alabama Public Service Commission on Tuesday voted to approve a refund to be paid to Alabama Power customers. What it basically means is $62 million in refunds has to go out uh, by summer. So they will be, I don't know if they're going to do it, if they're going to send checks out, if they're going to wind up reducing your bill, giving you a credit. Um, either way, um, in December, Alabama Power had also announced its third rate increase of 2022, citing federal mandates, inflation, and economic conditions. And what that basically means is right about now, the average consumer is paying $22 more this year for electricity than they did last year. But Alabama Power has apparently overbilled or at least hit a return range they were not supposed to be in. And so now they have to refund some of it by summer. Hmm. So that's going to be interesting. That's, that's, that's the highest usage uh, time of the year anyway because air conditioners are, mm -hmm. are cranking out. Um, here's another one. Those of y'all that are in the know know that we have um, a, a no texting and driving law in the state of Alabama. Uh, yes, we do. Alabama leaders, though, are calling a distracted driving an epidemic on the roads, and ALDOT is now pushing for harsher laws that could change your driving habits, according to a story on WBRC. Now, let me just point out, in my opinion, ALDOT, this is not your lane. That was not meant to be a pun, but this is not your lane. ALDOT pushing for harsher laws, that's not their lane. Now, they may differ. They may change. They may say, yes, it is. We, we've got crews out there working on the roads, and they're in harm's way. Maybe maybe I, could, I see that argument, but the reality is ALDOT's asking the legislature to make it a, a, a crime to have the phone in your hand at all while you're driving. You can't be checking for um, you know, directions on your, your Waze or your, uh, your Maps uh, app. Uh, you can't be changing a song on your streaming um, it, it just basically they want it to be that you have to do everything hands-free mm. now you know a lot of new vehicles have stuff on the dash uh, you can you can get things done with your phone or whatever else without having to pick up your phone and do it um, but it's truly not going to be the, the, the stop to all of it but they say that they see people doing FaceTime and Snapchat and even watching TV programs on YouTube when they drive past some of these um, work sites I get it I get it I'm, I don't know they're going to get this passed um, I'm not sure that people want, and by the way, what happens if your phone rings and it's a, it's an important call and you don't have a built-in Bluetooth, you're not allowed to hold the phone and talk. Um, mm, mm. Mm. first world problems, uh, Alabama lawmakers, according to AL.com are saying they do not see the bailout for Birmingham Southern happening. So if you remember about what month, month and a half ago. We had a story that Birmingham Southern, which is a, you know, a major you know, college here, it's a liberal arts college, privately owned, though, going back to 1856, got, got incredible facilities um, in Birmingham, obviously Birmingham Southern, but it's, uh, it's in danger of closing. And, and it's their fault, by the way. Um, there was poor management. They, uh, they admit that they had accounting practices that had caused them to um, uh, really screw some things up. And then they got into a major building project that was an overreach, in part because they had this notion they were going to build some green energy efficient facilities in a giant pond, if I understand correctly. Anyway, state lawmakers say it's unlikely the legislature will provide the $30 million of taxpayer money to Birmingham Southern to help rescue the private institution from closing because of its financial problems. Uh, they're trying to raise $200 million overall for their endowment. They want 30 of it to come from public funds. They're asking for it to come $17.5 million from the Education Trust Fund, that's the education budget, and $12.5 million more from Alabama's share of COVID relief funds. 
and then they're going to keep working to build up their own. This is a bridge fund, they call it. They need, they need bridge money to get them over the hump. Alabama House Speaker Nathaniel Ledbetter, who sat in our studio here. When was, when was Ledbetter here? Boomer, about a month and a half ago, something yeah. like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaker of the House Ledbetter said using taxpayer dollars to keep a private college open would set the wrong precedent. I agree. Um, it's a crying shame. I think my grandmother went to Birmingham Southern. Uh, I had several friends that played baseball for Birmingham Southern. Uh, you, I bet you know them. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's been a great school. Uh, former commandant of the Marine Corps used to be the president of Birmingham Southern, General Krulak. Representative Danny Garrett, though, of Trustful, who is the chairman of the House Education Budget, said he does not expect approval of Birmingham Southern's request of thirty million dollars. So, those of you in the listening audience who live in and around Birmingham Southern, or those of you that are also alumni, because some of y'all have texted or called in since that time, just know this, it does not look good. It does not look good for Birmingham Southern to get taxpayer dollars to prop them up while they continue trying to raise money. So I don't know how much longer uh, it's going to go, or if that means that they will truly have to close. And then I can't help but wonder, those facilities, though, are still good. Is there a major installation? Would UAB buy them out? And, and, and create a branch campus? I don't know. Is there a possibility for another college to come in from out of state and buy them out? I don't know. But the truth is, uh, we don't need to see a private institution being bailed out to the tune of 30 million taxpayer dollars in the state of Alabama. Here's one. This is the ongoing saga. Story off ale.com again. The ongoing saga. The debacle that is Huntsville City Councilman Devin Keith. Huntsville City Councilman Devin Keith made his first public comments Thursday at the outset of the council meeting, promising to be a better man and apologizing for the spotlight he has brought upon himself. Pray tell, what could this be? Those of you that don't live in the Huntsville area may not know that apparently Devin Keith, city councilman for the city of Huntsville, has been accused of shoplifting shoplifting 31 times. 31 times! Started off with being caught most recently. Then there were more allegations that showed up. And now what they're saying is once, and I'm being told that once Walmart catches you on video, they go back and start assessing other videos and comparing. Is that him? It was him right there too. Oh, wait a minute. Who's the one that stole that thing on, you know, that date? Let's go back and look at the video. It was him there too. 31 times he's been accused of shoplifting from Walmart stores. Just Walmart that we know of. How many other stores could also be out there? I have no idea. Keith gave no indication that he would ever consider resigning from the city council. He apologized. He says to every city employee, every director, to every police officer that's been impacted, every city employee, it's, 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 he said, I apologize. Their police report says video cameras captured at least 15 of the alleged instances of shoplifting, uh, which happened at the University Drive location. So, so on one of those stores alone, they've got video of 15. 15 times he's shoplifting. You got a call for me, Boomer? I'll, I'll take it. You going to sit up there and chat with him or what? <laughs> I got about a minute and a half, two minutes before we go to the break. Is that Jeff? Jeff from Indiana. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, Phil. Good, good, good. Hey, uh, uh, you, you talk about phone violation. You should look up what it costs for a federal DOT violation like in a big truck here. Uh, if, I, if I grab my phone and a cop catches me, it's twenty seven hundred and fifty dollars up up to twenty seven fifty. Woo! Can you lose your CDL yeah, for that? Ten points. Oh! Wow! And uh, yeah, it's as bad as drunk driving, basically. And uh, 
and then it, my employer, the motor, uh, the it, they get like a five thousand dollar fine. I forget what it is. It's it's way up there. It's yeah. You don't want to have the uh, DOT uh, catch you with a phone in your hand in a big rig. <laughs> I'll put it that way, or anything that's under the federal DOT. Well, I, I'm also pretty sure I don't want you guys in the big rigs being distracted while you're driving. So I got to say, that's uh, wow. No, that, that's, that's why everything I text you is all weird and stupid because it's all voice text. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe like, it to be true. Say? Yeah, like yep, it's, <laughs> I'll, I'll read. Sometimes I'll read Jeff's text. And I'll go. I'm gonna have to get back to him on that one. I don't know what he's telling me. Um, yeah, you just gotta fill in the words. You know? Yeah, and, and voice. Voice text will get you in trouble too, brother. You gotta watch it. Sometimes it comes up with words that you did not mean for it to send. Oh, yeah, and I don't know where they come from, but then they, once you over hit send, it's too late. <laughs> Listen, I was, I was, I, I hit send on one that I still hear back about once in a while, but I, I was about to send, I had a guy one time I was talking to, we were talking about Right Side Radio, and we were talking about expanding the show, and I, whatever he said, I liked it, and I, I was texting him back, but I was voice texting, I said, I, I, I like your thinking, and I looked down, just before I hit it, and it says, I like your thong, and I thought, oh my God. <laughs> He's gonna take my well, man card. <laughs> Have you joined the community? <laughs> oh, You're one of the rainbow people. <laughs> uh, all right, brother. Be oh, careful uh, on the road. Don't be a distracted driver. We appreciate you. Uh, Have a good one. You Bill. too, man. All right, let's take it to the break, Boomer. We'll come right back and wrap this week up. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Hey, by the way, Home Fries. Is the Auburn Black Student Union hate white people? Well, based on the expose we just had on 1819 News, you might think so. We'll talk about it. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative and just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. Hey, folks, before I go any further, let me just pause here and tell you about ZLA Solutions. So uh, they they do a lot for businesses. They've got all kinds of uh, business end solutions they can help you with. They can do things like logistics, warehousing. Um, helping you with your sorting and containment, your quality control. They can, you know, they can they can do all kinds of things. In fact, you ask them, and if they don't do it now, they can probably do it for you if you just uh, explain what you need. That's the way they do. They accommodate their clients. They will find ways to help you. And their bread and butter man is staffing, and they are like epic level staffers right now. Direct hire, temp doesn't matter. Blue collar, white collar, no collar doesn't matter. Do you know how many you need? They can help you with that. A whole shift of people or just the onesies and twosies with special niche skills. Right now, they've got a major hiring opportunity going. They're trying to recruit for a major white-collar employer uh, on Redstone Arsenal with high-tech jobs paying great wages. So let me just say, if you are looking for a job like that or any other job, go to their website, ZLAUSA.com. Do I know these folks personally? Yeah, I do. And they are good at what they do. But they're also really helping the employers find the people. So you find a job, yes. But employers find all the people who need the jobs, yes. ZLA Solutions. That's their gig in life, man, is to make your business better. 
Check them out. Their website, ZLAUSA.com. And tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. I would appreciate that. Wrapping things up right now, several things going on right now. Uh, Eric from Eva, Alabama says, voice text is illegal as well. It's in your hand. Well, maybe, unless you're speaking into a Bluetooth, but okay. Um, Mike from Rainbow City says that councilman should be terminated, first of all. And, uh, and there he's walking out the front door. They should put the cuffs on him and take him to jail. Anyway, that's, uh, he, he says politicians too often see themselves as elite and above the law. Um, well, he's, he's still up for charges, brother. We'll see what happens. Chris from Gadsden said, uh, hey, lawyer, just because a councilman did it doesn't mean he's guilty. I got it, Chris. I practice law. I didn't say he was guilty. I said he's been charged with 31 separate. Chris, take a lap. Um, Jay from Hartzell, uh, aliens, as long as they will work and vote Republican, bring them on. So, <laughs> uh, JT from Lacey Springs, uh, he sent in, uh, Boomer, I think we just got a sound effect for home fries. We sure did. Yeah. We did. Okay. That's right. All right. We went to work on that one. And then, uh, John from Huntsville says a plus for everybody. Even if you love Chick-fil-A sandwiches, LOL. Um, Hey, wrapping this up. In the uh, home fries section, I'm not going to get to all the stories that I've got, but I'll tell you the last two that I'm going to get to, I think. Uh, Number one is this. Story broke on 1819 News uh, last night. Uh, Auburn's Black Student Union was caught with a long list of racial slurs for white people uh, on a GroupMe text chat that they had. And keep in mind, this is the Black Student Union. They're a a university-sponsored organization. A whistleblower, and by the way, let let me make sure I point this out. It was a member of the Black Student Union who blew the whistle on this because he was tired of it. So this is not a conversation about, well, black people do this or whatever. No, this is a conversation about wrong is wrong and right is right. I don't care if it was, if it was a student union putting out something that was uh, a list of slurs about black people. It'd be wrong. doesn't matter. In this case, it was a black student union. And a member said that he and several other members have all left the BSU because they were tired of what they deemed to be uh, uh, unacceptable anti-white racism. And the BSU motto, they say, is unity through education, but they're failing at that, said the whistleblower. The whistleblower also produced the document, and it has seven pages of favorite names to call white people. I'm not going to read them out of the air. Um, but, the, you know, they were, they were turned over to a, a conservative group called Turning Point USA on, on Auburn's campus. And the guy who, and, I, and, I, and to his credit, it, it became a story. It did. But the kid who runs TPUSA, who got the information, says, listen, he says, from my perspective, it looks like they were joking around trying to have a laugh. But I'm also imagining if the roles were reversed, it would not have gone over well. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They were just trying to make a joke. But at the same time, it's a university-funded organization, and this is pretty wild. And it was a document that was titled Cracker Names, and it had seven pages of racial slurs uh, for white people. Story broke on 1819 News after TPUSA ran it. Last one I got for you, divisive concepts bill. So uh, House Bill 7 has already been pre-filed by State Representative Ed Oliver. It's a bill similar to one they had in 2022 that prohibits public school teachers from kindergarten to college from teaching that groups are inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive. In other words, from teaching critical race theory. It passed the House last year, didn't pass the Senate. I think it needs to pass. The article here from Gadsden Times tries to say, well, we really don't teach that officially in Alabama. I don't care. How about we go ahead and say we never will in the law? Um, We'll see what happens. Legislators are already picking sides on it. House Minority Leader Anthony Anthony Daniels, Democrat from Huntsville, he doesn't like it. He says this is nothing but a pig, but this time it has lipstick on it. We'll see. Divisive concepts, Bill. 
They're doing it in some states. I think it's worthwhile doing it here, too. All right, you guys. Wow, Boomer, what a week. Yeah. What a week. Woo. March 8th, 2023, will we see aliens? That's the big question <laughs> right now. Well, we'll keep it on. All right. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all have an amazing weekend. We'll see you Monday. Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right.